Welcome to Courageous Conversation and today in conversation with us we have Mr. PKD Lee, a former corporate employee and a current corporate employee, my old friend Pramod Chandrasekhar and I am Santosh Manamala. Our topic for today is uh, Christians at Workplace. Uh, let's start with uh, Pramod since he's currently at uh, the corporate workplace. Pramod, how is the workplace different for a Christian? Thank you, Santosh. Firstly, I just uh, want to point out that you made it a point to say old friend because I've been really old in the corporate now. I just completed three decades. All right. <laughs> Fantastic. Congratulations. 30 years. Uh, and it took me a long time to realize actually people like Uncle Lee and a few others have been um, mentoring on this aspect. It took me a long time to realize that uh, the workplace is not a kind of a necessary evil like many Christians think. <laughs> they think that uh, Sunday is the holy day, church is the holy place, Monday to Friday is the unholy place and uh, it's not the, it's, it's a place where I need to be more serious about earning and then in the church I do the giving and uh, I, I don't think those boundaries are valid uh, anymore. So for uh, primarily I would like to say that a Christian is a Christian every day of the week, every place of the city. Right. And uh, so the workplace is nothing uh, distinct. Right. Um, I'm guessing there is some uh, root to what you're saying in the fact that there, there is a belief. People think that work was a curse on man because of <laughs> sin. Mr. Lee, what would you say to that? True. See, when they say that curse, uh, work became a curse because of the fall of mankind. Essentially, it meant that work will be difficult, that's about all. But when we're looking at our life, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.15 that he died for all, that we who live should no longer live for ourselves, but Correct. for Jesus, him who died for us and rose again. So essentially, I'm supposed to be living for Jesus Christ. So then when I analyze my day, I get up in the morning, probably do half an hour of quiet time or something like that, then I have breakfast, newspaper, and then I go to work. And then I come back and I do certain family chores and then I have my closing quiet time, maybe half an hour. I said, for nine hours in a day, where is God? And so that is the question which really troubled me. I said, what is this? We are supposed to be living for Jesus and for nine hours in a day, Jesus is not there. And we say we are living for Jesus, it made no sense. So finally, it kind of fell into place when I looked at Colossians 1.16 where it says that all things, whether visible or invisible, so when he says visible means he's talking about material things. Thrones, dominions, principalities and powers, that means talking about all the power structures which exist, were all created by Jesus and for Jesus. So that gave me a fresh perspective. I said, okay, I'm working the railways and railways were created by Jesus and are created for Jesus. And so I'm here doing ministry. I'm not doing something which is secular or outside ministry. But then I need to understand why does God want the railways? Correct. <laughs> you, know, you could invent so many better things. Why the railways? And that is where Peter Tucker gave me an insight. Well, what Peter Tucker said was very interesting. What he said was that there was a guy called Malthus who lived in the end of the 18th century. He said that the population of the world doubles every 30 to 40 years. But the amount of land under cultivation remains fixed. Therefore, the world will starve to death or at least keep getting poorer. But what happened? The population doubled, but the food more than doubled. Okay. How? Technology. So then only I started understanding that all this technology, all these inventions and all the science which is coming out 
is God's way of feeding mankind. Because the Bible says, it is God who provides for man. He provides for all the needs of man and he provides it through these professions. So then that changed my own understanding of work. I am not working to earn a salary. I am not working to keep some people happy. I am working to fulfill Jesus Christ's purpose for the railways, which was to provide cheap transportation to people, which works, and to provide cheap uh, transportation of goods. And I need to see that I do my role in that. So I get totally committed because this is ministry. This is not some kind of secular work which has got anything to do apart from God. It is God's work. And then my work life became exceedingly exciting as I started seeing that it is not only just fulfilling the purpose for which the organization was created, but to see that the organization has the values of God. So you are giving justice to your staff, you're giving justice to your customers, you're giving justice to whoever justice is due, and you're seeing that things are working in a righteous manner. And believe me, that's exciting. Okay, sounds very nice, but um, here's where it gets difficult. Um, how, how does a Christian um, align with the vision of the company? Um, I, I understand that each individual uh, corporate employee has his or her uh, role defined and you have your KRAs and KPIs and everything else. But the vision of the company is something that I, I signed up for, whether I know it by heart or not. Um, so how do, I, how do I look at the vision of the company and the Christian values in me and make sure that I marry both of them? And what do I do sometimes when I find it difficult to, to imagine that this work that I'm doing in the vision of my company, uh, leaving aside the bottom line, is, is somehow God's plan for humanity's betterment? I think that's a very important question. Um, many years ago, I locked myself up in a room. I had two offer letters in my hand. Nowadays, it comes in the email, but in those days, it was a physical, which uh, right. came by post. And uh, the reason I locked myself up in a room is because I wanted to pray and ask God, which company do I choose? Okay. And then I made all those charts, SWOT and comparative and tables and all that. And uh, when I made it, and I'd locked myself in the room with a promise to myself saying that I will not leave Something like a Jacob I was saying, <laughs> right. God answers me. And uh, I had this comparative analysis. I mean, the salaries were compared and then the perks were, the, the tax saving benefits were compared. Okay. And uh, then uh, the, um, I mean, the perks were compared. They're giving a, a laptop or not a laptop, all those kind of things. And then one thing, actually God never answered me with a clear, <laughs> this A or B. But uh, one thing I realized at that time is that I've got to look deeper okay. than all these superficial things. And it's a very valid thing what you said, that you have to look at the, understand the vision of the organization. Something where you find God's purpose for you, uh, aligning with the purpose of the organization. And I think if you really strive to look for it, most Christians, or for that matter, most employees itself, don't even care what the vision of the organization. <laughs> they just Their vision is only as deep as their salary. Um, so yes, uh, to answer your question, Nowadays, it's very clear organizations uh, articulate their visions very well in many innovative ways. So you don't have to really strive for that, but you have to look for that. And you have to look deeper than this glitter on the surface, which attracts you. I think as a Christian, you've got to look deeper at the vision of the organization and see. And I love the way Uncle Lee just made a connection between railways and progress and each of them have their place. Railways may not exist 50 years from now. 
but then at at one point of time it was serving god's purpose to bring mankind together so you've got to look at that from a holistic way you pray a lot about it take the vision of the organization and pray for it i think that's a very beautiful exercise to do all right so uh, railways are probably going to give way to uh, hyperlooping <laughs> but irrespective we still have to get from one place to the other while we're still on this subject of vision and uh, values uh, a connected topic is integrity um which which is a huge challenge you had something to add yeah before there. you get into that see a lot of hype is made about vision i'm all for vision i'm not that i'm against vision but vision is inadequate so i need to understand where that vision came from that means that vision is addressing a certain need in society that is what god is interested yes in. yes god has created so i blindly narrating the vision is nothing where has that vision come from and this is where i find that most organizations fall down whether it's corporates or mission organizations or anything they all glibly state the mission vision but they have no idea where the vision came from the founder got it from somewhere and he died and went <laughs> now only this is hanging in mid air so as a christian i need to understand why this vision right where has it come from i need to dig it right down to the root because that is where i understand god's purpose okay then having and the interesting thing is all organizations government corporate everything their vision statement is very humanistic and good right yes yes but majority of them don't follow it <laughs> correct again so now you are now doing a warfare you have taken the vision statement you have taken down where the vision statement has come from and you are seeing that your department and your organization fulfills that so in this you're going to hit into a headlong clash with your bosses and people and that is where the life becomes exciting okay so that is really where you start getting a meaning in your job as you start fulfilling that purpose but many bosses believe in the vision and they fulfill it and then work becomes fun you know because they are backing you to the hilt in what you are doing they are not worried about bottom line they think let's get the vision there and once you are committed to the vision no people talk about commitment to work i said commitment to work is meaningless it is commitment to the vision and a commitment to work is coming because of the commitment to the vision okay i am not uh, like you said there's a curse on work <laughs> i'm not excited about the work right i'm excited about the blessing the work is going to give to the people so that is where my focus needs to be and then of course you were uh, moving on to the whole issue of integrity uh, before we go to integrity so i'm i'm guessing pramod you can add um, so the focus has to be on effectiveness and not just efficiency that, that i i should yeah. not be limited to doing what is given to me perfectly and then not bother beyond it i have to look at how it's impacting my my team members my team and then going up the ladder my company so effectiveness can I, is, is can add on that see basically one of the mistakes we make is to think that my leader will tell me what to do yes that's totally wrong you tell the leader what needs to be done why see that lower down the ladder you are the more you know the ground realities yeah and so you need to project these ground realities to your superiors so that they understand and take the right decisions ultimately you do the decision he takes but him taking the right decision depends on you correct so one of the big problems i find with people especially christians because christians say no 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 we need to be your obedient servant <laughs> so they want to obey orders i said please you need to make sure that the right order comes and that comes by powerful communication 
or what is the ground grassroots realities so that the people take the right decisions absolutely absolutely yeah. i remember when i used to get fresh projects uh, when i was in the corporate it served another purpose apart from telling my leader what the ground realities are it also helped me build empathy towards my team members because i know the difficulties of the job so i would spend at least a week on the project before moving out uh, into a supervisory yeah. role so um pramod do you have a couple of words on efficiency versus effectiveness yeah actually i'll come to it okay. but i was so fired up by this <laughs> talk about the vision i just want to give an example and uh, if you don't mind it's not uh, an example of a christian <laughs> yeah, yeah. or it's not an example of uh, from the bible and i very unabashedly give such examples <laughs> and uh, in fact uh, i'm one of the persons who believes very strongly that uh, the moment we set foot in heaven on that glorious day we'll have a lot of surprises people whom we didn't expect to see <laughs> will probably be there and people whom we uh, expected to see may not be there um, but but um so my first company was uh, the tata group it was not tcs tata consultancy so it was tata projects which was very closely related to the core tata sons itself right okay and uh, i as a youngster was very idealistic erring on the side of being too idealistic okay. so i read up a lot about the tata group one book which is uh, very good which i will recommend even non christians to read is the creation of wealth by rm lala it's about why the tata group exists and then also uh, there's a biography of jrd tata called beyond that last blue mountain now in the creation of wealth uh, rm lala who's a historian uh, writer historian writer he talks about how the parsis came into the country and that fantastic beautiful romantic incident where the king sent them a brimming glass of milk and saying that there's no more room for you and they added a spoon of sugar and said we there's still room for sugar okay. we can sweeten the society okay. and they actually did that because that was my first job i'm very passionate about it we used to joke saying you have t positive in your blood and all that <laughs> um so at one point of time they actually in spite of being traders in spite of being commercial they thought of how we can build the nation and the backbone of a nation you got to uh, uh, take up activities which are not very profit making you got to build them so they did things like higher education in indian institute of science they did things like generating power 100 years back when private uh, things were not there bombay thrived because of the power that the tata group generated and they did things like steel with almost a missionary zeal when the actual viceroy and everyone discouraged uh, this saying i'll eat every pound of steel if they manage to make steel and we will not allow them to do that but with a missionary zeal this man jamshed ji went and got the know how from us and built steel in such a remote place which has now bloomed like a city called jamshedpur the reason i'm saying this is what a beautiful vision they had and as a youngster my first job when i read that i really aligned very passionately to it and i made some very radical statements my father who had just moved into full time i said uh, there is more uh, christian values in my tata group <laughs> than in the organization where you've moved so i i could really relate to that now coming down to it yes it's very important you bring it down to your level and how do you show uh, that vision i mean it also also has to be shown in action yes. uh, you can't uh, you know be idealistic and noble in your thoughts uh, and there was a lot of nobility in the place where i was working without actually translating it into love at the workplace mm -hmm. and uh, i actually heard a beautiful message once from uncle lee which says you are called to the workplace to serve there not to get your promotion not to get your on site posting i know your eyes on that but your primary duty is to serve god by serving the people around you there so and you also do it effectively 
and uh, here i just want to give an illustration i give this a lot in my training programs a trapeze artist depends so much on the excellence of the person who throws him to the next person who catches him Correct. if there's yeah. even a little bit of excellence missing there it it could actually be deadly in its consequences right. so every part of it you can serve god by being effective and efficient and just improving the quality in that organization so i think i feel very strongly about that all right so um thanks for um elucidating on that but let's uh the center idea of vision uh if, if i'm taking it i'm internalizing it which means i'm saying i i own up to this so if i am owning the vision then i'm also owning every part of the company i become part owner of it irrespective of whether i have a couple of shares in it or not so how do how do we help ourselves or others other christians move from this sense of salary entitlement hey i i put in so many hours so i should get paid this much at the end of the month and i'm done pack my bags till i come back monday morning to ownership saying i i own uh, every activity here and i own every output and so i have to give the best and i know everything in some way depends on me so how do we inculcate this sense of ownership at workplace See, one of the things is we tend to focus on our department and our expertise. Right. Now, once we are going by the vision, it is encompassing all departments. Now, I need to start reading beyond my job description. Okay. Because I need to understand the economics of it. Supposing railways is not there, how does it economically affect the countryside? What happens? For that, I need to read transportation economics. Why railways, not roadways, not airways or whatever it is. So, I'm an engineer. involved in maintenance of coaches transportation economics has got nothing to do with my work right. but i read it because that's the essence of my company that the essence of the organization i'm working with so as i start reading more and more about how my organization is impacting the nation and trying to understand it and go beyond that then i can start communicating that to my staff otherwise how do i what do i tell my staff i tell my staff no 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 this is god's work you must do it honestly that way they to but i have to be able to create a vision in him and that is why i said just having knowing the vision statement is inadequate i need to know why that vision statement and where did it come from for which i need to know in the railways transportation economics and things like that so i need to start educating myself so that i understand the completeness of the organization then i need to start sharing that with my staff so that they will get excited and don't worry if you get 10% excited you're lucky the remaining 90% you will motivate by the various things with these management people will teach you that is just stick and carrot and all that but this 10% who are excited they multiply the power of your department 10 times don't worry about 90% who don't respond look at that 10% that 10% will completely transform your department that is one secondly what i have found when we are practicing christian values and giving justice to people which they have never experienced in their life mm-hmm. they start trusting you you are trusting them they are trusting you you are able to build a strong team an individual cannot produce what a team does okay if i got an outstanding evaluation at work right through my career it is because of the strong team i am pretty bad at work but my team is strong so that is something which the christian values bring in and so once they are caught up in this environment where they experience happiness because they are trusted 
and because they are loved and they are cared for and because they are beginning to understand a larger vision and a dream you find that to at least some extent they are moved away from running after material things to something which is more uh, what you call it that self actualization they are moving towards self actualization all right so pramod uh, your thoughts on uh, efficiency versus effectiveness sure uh, i think it's uh, a lot of um, it's a self thing in the sense that uh, you don't have to depend on others because colossians 2:22 says slaves obey your earthly masters when their eyes upon you and even when their eyes not upon you with sincerity of heart and reverence to the lord it actually ties in with that very famous saying of dl moody who says character is what you are when no one is watching, watching you. you so i think it all comes from within it should not come from without it can't be enforced so that whole thing of taking responsibility is something that uh, you have to it's your own um, it's 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 your own uh, prerogative it, it's like you have to take that and you have to feel it and you have to uh, think it's your own and uh, you have to carry the vision of uh, not just the organization but your own team and your own self also and uh, it's your ownership and when you do that we've already said it but uh, you your effectiveness will have a purpose behind it you're being effective because this is what happens when you are this is what happens when you're not so you know exactly why you are and that actually becomes uh, a really um, fun all right talking about uh, personal effectiveness we know that one of the things that could limit this effectiveness is how um, the rest of the team reacts to or works along with you on on <coughs> what you're doing and your effectiveness and uh, we know that any um, any place you have a team the dynamics are are dynamic right and then they change one day to the other with people coming how do i stand out as a christian as a team player do i do things differently do i make sure that people see what i'm doing or do i just do what i do and hope that people will notice and things will change um can i take a stab at it okay yes. so um i think um, we've got a very horrible trend going like people do things only uh, when there is some reward for it right and uh, people's uh, viewpoints have become more and more narrow they think of only their work and uh, they think of uh, only their department or their team uh, whereas they're not really aligned to the purpose so i think there's a difference between we are told to cooperate with each other i don't even like that word i think <coughs> collaborate is a better word because together you have to understand under what purpose each person is operating now coming to your very pointed question as to do i tell people uh, i think we've done as christians especially uh, we have gone a little bit more on the preachy side i think it's time to <laughs> the other day there was a person who was uh, kind of talking about his ministry at home and he said i've been uh, uh, serving i've been preaching for the last 30 years and my wife uh, just blurted out and said uncle it's time to practice now <laughs> so <laughs> i think <laughs> i think especially at the workplace um we should go a little bit easy on the preaching and do more about the practicing because there are layers of honesty right correct i think we have to explore the deeper layers of honesty do things right even when no one is watching serve people even when they don't expect you uh, enable others to succeed do all these good things and love should be your motivation and uh, sooner or later i'll assure you uh, they can be noticed 
Oh well, um, on, you have something to add to that? No, no. I think the the, mot- the motivation needs to be very, very clear. I am doing what I am doing because I am serving God. Yes. Okay. So it's not yes. a question of whether my master is watching or the boss is watching, because God is always watching. So I have absolutely no excuse not to be doing my best. Now, when you said use the term effectiveness, um, eff- why effectiveness? Okay. So some people say, yeah, I want to be effective so that I get a promotion. I said that's wrong. We are not interested in promotion. We are saying God has kept me here to fulfill God's vision. So I want to be effective so that God's vision is fulfilled effectively. So that, so that is it. What, what is the motivation becomes absolutely important. And even my integrity, because I can have high integrity like a Pharisee. And I don't think God is going to be happy with that. Right. Okay. So I need to have high integrity because that is the kind of lifestyle which God is expecting from me. And that is what is going to build a team and build a teamwork and things like that. So for me, more than my actions... I have to keep examining my heart. As Jesus said, it is out of the heart that all the problems come. And I need to understand deeply within me what is the motivation which is motivating me for whatever I am doing. That's the only thing I wanted to add on that. I wanted to add a personal example, yes. if you don't yes. mind, Santosh. So there was a one particular year where I thought I did outstandingly well. I actually helped set up an office and a team in another country. And uh, really reached out and, uh, I mean, made sure that a solid foundation was built. I was pretty sure that I was going to get a great performance rating and probably a promotion too. And uh, that year, I was on the wrong end of the performance curve. There's a very notorious thing in corporates called (laughs) bell curve. Correct. Okay, which is enforced. It's supposed to be normal. And your boss actually, (laughs) yes, it's supposed to be normalization. Okay, but it's very, it's like traumatization. But uh, your boss is forced to rate someone like uh, really poor and someone as outstanding. And uh, what happens, especially if if the manager is not very strong, is uh, he pleases the person who has the loudest voice, who has the most demanding attitude. Right. Right. And uh, that inherent, that happens. I face it as a manager too. So that year, I got onto the wrong end of the curve. No promotion. Uh, some of my colleagues who themselves were secretly surprised that they got a promotion ahead of me. And uh, it was humiliating because we also had to travel and uh, they went into that band where they're in first class and uh, things like that. And I travel along with them. I'm, I'm in economy. And it was pretty uh, humiliating. Right. But then one day, uh, in that large team of almost 60 to 70 people, there was another person who was on the wrong end of the curve. And he found me on the corridor once. And he yanked me into a training room, literally when I was going somewhere else, because he wanted to talk to me urgently. And he said, I've been wanting to talk to you for several days. Uh, I know that uh, your rating was poor and you didn't get your promotion but uh, I really never saw you perturbed about it. I've been having sleepless nights and I'm very bitter about it. I've been dreaming of throwing a resignation letter on the boss's face. Uh, But I don't see that in you. You've been smiling and you've been going about your work as usual. Uh, At that moment when he said that, he added another word and he said, I believe that's uh, because of the prayers you do to God. And because you're a prayerful person, I don't know how he got that term uh, because he was not a Christian. But that moment when he said that, uh, I felt all that was really worth it because someone is noticing. Right, right. Yeah, someone is always noticing. Um, that goes for integrity as well. Um, we've, uh, we are coming down to one thing that uh, 
we, we wanted to clarify. Uh, in the beginning, we spoke about uh, this misconception that work is a curse on us, and but we know that uh, work was always there, uh, even before the fall. Um, there was work in the garden. But Mr. Lee, could you help us understand or clarify if this? If we actually look at that Bible reference, one of the things, in fact, which I think uh, one of the speakers I've heard says, that work was the first command given to man. Right. In the Garden of Eden before the fall. Right. So he says evangelism is the second command. <laughs> no, I won't necessarily agree with him on that, but still. If you look at that passage in the Bible, it says specifically that the earth is cursed and right. therefore work will become difficult. It's not that. That means when you till the garden, instead of getting always good crops, right. you will get a mixture of weeds and Constant other things thistles, also with yes. it. So it's not work which is cursed, but it is the output of work which becomes a bit of a problem at times. And that carries over even today. Like, see, I may do excellent work in building a team. That is, I trust people, I show trust, I communicate the vision very clearly so that right. people understand what the vision is, they understand what the goals are, they understand everything. And yet you'll find there'll be a troublesome person saying, listen, all that is good, but where is my promotion? <laughs> all that is good, but... So, there, so th these are the weeds and thorns which will come up. Right. And so we need to be willing to accept that and carry on rather than getting frustrated and leave. I think that is what it meant by saying that work will be a curse. Work is not a curse, but you'll find that doing work can become difficult. All right, wonderful. Um, any closing comments on Christians at Workplace? Uh, anything in specific that you want to focus on which we haven't in the last half hour? I, I think it's where you can show your commitment which itself is a great testimony. Right. You can show your commitment in a thousand different ways. You can be at work early. You can do more than your job description uh, tells you to do. Uh, you need not be work to rule. Uh, you can go out of your comfort zone to help your uh, team members. And uh, I think uh, the workplace is much more conducive to showing God's love than a church. <laughs> because uh, in a church, everything is so uh, easy. It, it, you really don't need to uh, go out of your way to do these things. But in the workplace, I think uh, it's uh, much more challenging and much more worthwhile uh, to be an ambassador of God's love. Uh, if I were to rephrase, I would say that workplace actually offers more opportunities exactly. to, to showcase our integrity, our efficiency at playing uh, as a as a team member, at being generous and gracious and everything. If so I, I can guess, add one last yes. comment, totally out of the box, got nothing to do with what you discussed. But if you want to be a good Christian in the workplace, learn to communicate. Hmm. Learn to listen. If you are able to learn these skills of listening and communicating, God will bless you. You will be a blessing to people and you will create history wherever you are. Wonderful. Right. I, I rightly agree with that. And I'm guessing that's a pointer for another conversation on how to communicate <laughs> in any and all of our relationships. But thank you so much for this uh, wonderful time, Pramod and Mr. Lee. And God bless thank you, you all. Sandhu.